Welcome back, everyone, to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm James, can't get my microphone to work on Fortnite Montemagno. And I am Michael, Nindiana Jones, Rivet. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, applaud. Applaud. Thank you. I feel like that's, that's been one of the best in a long time. I, I really that's- thought that was a good one. That was good. You thought that went through. You had you had that saved up. You I had, had it saved. saved I had it. I had it ready. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are a cheese ball. We're both kind of cheese balls. Yeah, I, 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 I needed to not do just the Mata Mata Magna because today we'll talk about it later. Some frustration in the world of Fortnite. Go figure. I, I don't want to get into it now because honestly, Michael, what an amazing, glorious week for our Nintendo Switches. Uh, so many new games re- getting ready to hit and drop. And we were blessed by the Nindy gods with a brand new Nindy's Showcase for Spring 2019, hosted by friends of the show here in Washington, Kirk Scott and Katie Casper. Yeah, I was super happy. And we had 30 minutes of just Nindy joy. And in my opinion, it was it was fantastic. I think kicking it right off, right off the very beginning of the Nindy's, we got to see that Cuphead is coming to the Switch. Now, I think this is substantial for a number of reasons, really, because this was a Microsoft exclusive. And we know that Nintendo and Microsoft have kind of been hugging it out, holding hands, skipping through the woods. And now we're getting an exclusive that was for Microsoft on the Switch. And I actually read a report that said Microsoft reached out to the developer, Studio MDHR, or actually reached out to them and said, can you put that on the Switch for us? Which would be very strange. Like, yeah. that's a very odd thing to do. It's like almost like someone at, at Microsoft in that division, they were all like, um, so I really want to be able to play Cuphead all the time with me. Can, uh, can, can you that and We happen? don't have a mobile thing, so can you, somebody put that on the Switch? And then, in fact, Nintendo thanked their friends, Microsoft, for doing it. It was very weird. Very it weird. It must have been because it, the game wasn't published by Microsoft at all. You know, it was developed and published by Studio MDHR. So... Obviously, there was a big, probably timed exclusive on it. Maybe there was full exclusiveness. And uh, Microsoft's like, you know what? I think we're good. Let's show some love and get some props and show that that Redmond, Washington um, connection, to be honest with you. I mean, it's right across the street from my office, pretty much. So uh, Nintendo, that is. But, you know, the the entire Nindy showcase opened up with a minute to two, uh, two minute trailer of Cuphead for the Switch. And I thought this was super cool. I'm totally into it. It's a hard game. It's it's made in this sort of 2D retro cartoon style bananas, and it comes out soon on April 18th. And yeah, you know, they also said in the studio blog post, it says, we'll be working closely with the lovely team at Microsoft to investigate bringing Xbox Live features to the Nintendo Switch version of Cuphead. It's still early days, so we can't promise any dates or details on this, but we'll be tinkering away to see what's possible in the coming months, which is Mind-blowing. Maybe Microsoft, again, I work for Microsoft, but I have no inside baseball, different division um, of it, is like, hey, this could be a good you know, showcase. This was an exclusive. See how the developer, how easy it is. Bingo, bango. I don't know. But really cool collaboration. Uh, or however it came together, I'm happy that it did. Now, have you? did you play Cuphead? 
I did play. So uh, inside baseball is before Cuphead came out, Microsoft employees, we have some like internal days. We got to play it sort of before people, uh, before it was released, which was cool. And uh, I got to play it a little bit there. It's super crazy hard. I didn't buy it uh, at all. It's just one of those super intense hard games, but really, really, really fun. My buddy Jesse uh, bought it and he beat it. And he was like, that game is intense. But he said he loved every single moment of it. So it's probably one that I'll pick up at some point. I mean, I'm not going to buy it just on April 18th, but it's definitely one that I'm excited for in general, at least how it came to be, I think I'm most excited for. After looking into it a little bit, because I, I had seen it on maybe on Xbox and it looked really interesting, but I didn't jump on it. But now seeing it and knowing that it's on the Switch, it actually makes me really want it. Um, there's another game coming out right around that exact same time. So it, I'm a little hesitant to pull the trigger on it right now, but it's going to go on the wish list and it's definitely going to be something I pick up because I am excited for it and I want to support that. I just don't know if I'm picking it up first day. That's all. Now, this to me was a little bit different of a Nindy showcase because Kirk and Katie were the MCs and also introduced the games and in between. How did you feel about the overall package of them sort of MCing and also talking about the games? It was so weird. I think that the the I guess European Nindy directs or whatever that come across are way better like yeah. Nintendo UK. I thought those presentations are way smoother, less awkward and cheesy. This one definitely came off sort of cheesy, a little bit cheesy to me. I thought the games were great, but I didn't like the overall package of this one. Yeah. It felt odd to me. Okay. We agree on that level in general because I was looking at it and watching it and I go, this feels just forced and awkward and i went back to the 2018 showcase and it was just kirk and it was still a little bit awkward so it wasn't mm -hmm. the two of them together but anyways i was not super super duper into it yeah i i mean i didn't look at that with too much like i wasn't really focused on that too much right i mean like for me the content is the games i do prefer the other uh nindy directs that we've had indie directs that we've had where it's sort of I mean, for one, it's, I think, just one presenter just giving a comment like, and then next up is this. And then we get a trailer. I like that where it's just boom, boom, boom. I don't need the cheese ball antics in between. I, and I just think it goes smoother that way. But other than that, the games were the focus. And I think the next one that they showed was something I'm interested in personally. I thought it looked beautiful. That's Overland. It's a squad-focused turn-based strategy game, and it's out this fall. I just love the look. I loved everything about that one. Eh. No, not feeling it. Skip. My, <laughs> we one both that, like the next one, though. Yeah, which is My Friend Pedro, which I got to see at PAX last year. This game is going to be a Switch console exclusive uh, out this June. And My Friend Pedro is this, it's a super fast sort of uh, side scroller where you're shooting and doing crazy flips in the air and uh, you're like shooting like bananas or something like that. And like the whole thing is like banana themed or something like that. I couldn't really figure it all out. I, I know at PAX, there was a huge banana <laughs> thing <laughs> with my friend Pedro. And you're doing all these crazy flip tricks and like parkouring. It's like a side scroller parkour shooter. Is that a, a okay representation of it? Yeah. I Well, Pedro is the friend and that is the banana. Okay, there it is. Pedro's the banana and he becomes self-aware 
basically is the whole point. It's very odd. And somehow this banana is like guiding you and you play as the other guy that's sort of doing all the bullet time, like yeah. f- stopping time and doing these crazy moves. It looks really fun, fast paced, super interesting. Check that one out. The next one to me was a pass, Neocab. I think it could be interesting. I don't know. But to me, it just was like, it didn't i didn't feel it i wasn't interested essentially you are the last human driver in a city overrun by automation you're looking for a friend so you're taking these fares essentially you're the driver of this cab and people get in and you have to get them where you have to go basically uber the video game and you have to get them where they need to go you have to talk to them you have to have conversation with them you cannot let sort of the company the corporation that is basically running everything you can't let them on to what you're trying to do or they'll try to shut you down ah uh, ah uh, you know it, it could be super interesting but it just didn't from that trailer didn't do it for me yeah i agree it reminded me a little bit of black mirror the one episode where they were mm. raiding they weren't driving us there but you're raiding everyone you're getting ratings back and forth had a cool art style but yep. definitely wasn't for me i know the next one which transitioned into a very great thing for the indie directs the indie directs which is they brought on the developers of some of these games to talk about their games so this game uh the red lantern is the first game from uh timberline studios it is a first person adventure uh about a woman who's determined to complete the iditarod which is in alaska yeah it's in alaska where they're taking the dogs and they're going across it's a big race it's all crazy uh and it's a roguelike where you're kind of taking these dogs and you're going out uh, half is tending to the dogs, you know, hunting to survive, making your way through the Iditarod. This game looks super, not anything I was interested in at all. I'm so ready for this one because this, this gave me firewatch like vibes. Mm. And I felt I absolutely loved, loved firewatch. It was, you know, six, seven, eight hours. And it was just wonderful. And this one made me think that way too. If you were a huge firewatch fan, I definitely think the red lantern is something for you to keep an eye on. It has that same sort of feel. It has that same sort of story-driven element that Firewatch had, but this is a little bit more, I think, less less forgiving of your mistakes. It actually seems like you can make mistakes in this, where in Firewatch, you're just driving the story forward. I don't think there was like, you know, a bear just killed you. Now you're going to start all over. Whereas in The Red Lantern, it does seem like you can make mistakes and have to start the whole race over again. I think that's the entire point is that you're trying to get to the end of the race. And if you can't make it, if a dog dies or maybe too many dogs die, um, that's a fail, you know, that you can't make it. If you get too injured, you can't make it. If you don't run out of food, you can't make it. So I'm excited for it. I thought it looked beautiful. I liked having Timberline introduce this one. I thought that was a nice trend. I think the uh, one that was next, which was pretty interesting to me is this katana zero which is this side-scrolling action game where you're playing this like little avatar that's doing crazy tricks and flips and slashing and hacking their way through uh the game mm-hmm. it is out on the 18th as well uh it almost had my check mark by it but again it's just kind of like a cool litty, little indie game that 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 looked really nice i don't, I don't know again I, I wasn't like i need this i gotta have it right now but uh yeah, it looked it. all right. That one looked cool. Yeah. And I and I I did see that and th- thought maybe that was something you would be into. The next one definitely got two checks from us, and that's rad. I liked the intro. 
I thought that it was it was really well done. So this is Double Fine. Uh, you may be familiar with Psychonauts, Costume Quest, which I think we talked about on, and Grim Fandango, which critically acclaimed, but you didn't love it so much <laughs> the last time yeah. you played it. Um, but in this, you basically are playing and fighting mutants that are have been, um, I guess you know, have, have radioactive, uh, mutations going on and your own character starts to mutate as you play through. So you're playing as a, as a normal character and then you mutate and those mutations give you powers and the trailer is kind of funny. It's showing you like at one point, like basically having eggs pop out and those become three little kind of versions of you with little crab legs scurrying around behind you. It, it kind of feels really fun, sort of like a 90s game vibe with the colors and sort of the play style. And this is coming out this summer. And I thought it looked this one looked pretty cool, like a fun game. Yeah, this one looked really, really cool. I do like Double Fine. I end up buying all their games, but then never playing all of them. So there's that. <laughs> uh, but this one did look totally up my, my alley because it had that 90s sort of game, sort of over the top ridiculousness. And, and I was uh, totally into it. And the next one, which you think I would be into. I thought for sure. <laughs> I told you I've been striking out. I was like, this has got Mothra all over it. Is Creature in the Well, which is a top down action adventure game inspired by pinball. And they really amped up the fact that this was pinball inspired and pinball. This I was like, I didn't see any pinball in it at all. I didn't understand what they were talking about at all. It's not like Yoku, like where you're actually pinballing or Zen pinball at all. Uh, just in general, I was like, I don't understand what is happening uh, in this game uh, <laughs> I at all. I guess that's 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 fair to say, because I will say with this one, the idea of the pinball is you're you're getting weapons in the game. So you get these 15 different weapons and each one of them gives you different ways to interact with the orbs. And that's the pinball. That's the ball part. And you use that to to basically hit it and it will bounce around the environment that you're in. And that's how you get through the different uh, dungeons. So you're still playing sort of this top down dungeon crawler. But it has pinball mechanics. I wouldn't say it's inspired by a pinball game. I, and I, th I thought it sounded interesting. I think it looks beautiful. And I don't know. I may check that one out, too. It's out this summer. Skip. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, let's blow through something. So Blood Roots was a, another one coming out this summer. Uh, top down action game. Didn't do it for me. Looks like Pine maybe was one sort of into your world. This very beautiful graphics. It's an open world, third party, uh, third person action adventure game. And the world and enemies adopt to your, to your choices that you're making. So there's a bunch of bio biomes, like different categories of areas, five factions of different uh, creatures. You know, you're scavenging, you're bartering, you're harvesting. It's very maybe inspired by elements of Breath of the Wild, I may see. But I didn't understand what was happening in the trailer. And I go, I'm over it. Skip. <laughs> I, I thought this one started really pretty. And then I started getting like cheap Breath of the Wild knockoff feeling mm -hmm. off of it. This is budget Zelda game. And yeah. I hope that's not the case. I hope it's just sort of maybe a bad trailer. It's out this August, like you said. I, I don't know. I want to think it was it, it's going to be good. But it was just giving me I'd rather play Zelda. Uh, another one that we got was from the indie developer Vlambeer. 
and they actually went through a whole bunch. So these are arcade style games that we're getting. The first one they showed right off, it comes out in April, is Super Crate Box, arcade style platformer shooter. You fight endless hordes. You know, it's 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 the things that ate all your quarters. Basically, you go in and you're just cranking away on bad guys. Then the one that came out the day of was Nuclear Throne. It's out right now. It's a top-down roguelike shooter. So if you're into these arcade-type games, this would maybe be something you want to check out. And then the last one was the Vlambeer Arcade, which is going to be a new service. At least it seems it's a new service that they're putting out. It wasn't 100% clear, but it looks like it's a service they're going to be putting out that's going to be a collection of like these bite-sized arcade games. And the first one that will be coming out with it later this year is Ultra Bugs. Again, it's another shooter that's in the top-down arcade-ish style game. But I think they're just going to keep coming out with new ones after that. Yeah, I I, I actually really enjoyed this these three showcases that mm-hmm. they had. They were a little bit different, a little bit more bite-sized uh, games that you had. The Lambier Arcade, weird name, but at the end of the day, I sort of like the idea of kind of growing a micro arcade collection of these unique yeah. titles. So maybe they'll throw a free game in here or there, or like trials of each of them. That could be really fun. Sort of the Zen pinball style where you get something and then you have uh, can kind of add on to it. And I do really like these different top down shooter s games. I'm into that world. So yeah, the next one was Swim Sanity, which is a multiplayer underwater shooter. They really talked about pretty good. Uh, there's dual stick or motion controls. You can play locally or online, which is nice. Uh, all sorts of different challenges. Uh, does include in-game voice chat. So I don't know if that's through the game or through Vivox. I, it won't matter because I find none of my headphones work. <laughs> you can't do either. <laughs> so, yeah. It won't, won't. They did talk a lot about that one. And ultimately, it was kind of like, yeah, I don't want to play that. Uh, the next one that came out was sort of a surprise. Nobody saw this one come. It was Blaster Master Zero 2, which if you played Blaster Master or Blaster Master Zero when it came out on the Switch, uh, you're getting more of that. I mean, I loved Blaster Master and I played Blaster Master Zero, which came out before they re-released Blaster Master on it. And it was really well done. It was, I mean, it's a great, great game. If you grew up playing Blaster Master, you're probably going to love this. It's out right now, so you can go and grab it. And if you're a fan of Stranger Things, we got more Stranger Things coming too. So you got Stranger Things Season 3, apparently, which I don't, it comes out the same day. It comes out July 4th as the new season comes out. And I'm curious to see, like, they're calling it Stranger Things Season 3, is the game revolving around things that happened this season or are they just, is it the third version of this game? Because if it, if it's, if it gives away the season, it's kind of a strange, strange game to be playing. If it's giving away clues at what's going to happen during the show. Yeah. They say, they say that it plays like a SNES type of game, 16 bit. But to me, I'd rather just watch the show. I didn't have any interest in playing it, but if that, you know, if that's your thing and you just can't get enough, I guess uh, now you got that option. Now we both are super. At least I'm excited to try this. I'm ex- I'm 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 really into this next one. It's the longest name I believe ever in Nintendo history. Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necro Dancer, featuring the Legend of Zelda. That's the name of this game. Nintendo's ridiculous, um, but we're both really excited about this. Crypt of the Necro Dancer was 
was is out on the Switch now. Apparently, it's critically acclaimed. I haven't played it yet. It made me go back to look it up because I do want to get it. But it's a rogue-like rhythm-based combat game where you have all of the features of Crypt of Necromancer meeting characters in the world of Zelda. And it's got sort of that newer, updated Zelda mobile kind of adventure game feel to it now. It, I thought it looked great. I like the music. It's got it's featuring all like updated music from Legend of Zelda with I guess 25 remix songs involved. Characters you can play as Zelda, you can play as Link. Are you are you into it? I mean, yeah, I'm this excited game, for it. Uh I have played Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Now, the best part of Crypt of the Necro Dancer is if you were back on the original PC release from 2015 and when I saw it many a times in packs, the best part is that you can play the entire game with the DDR dance map which is very, very cool because it's a rhythm based up, down, left, right. So that game was very, very cool that they had that uh, built in. And I thought originally that's the only way you could play it. But no, 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 you can actually play it normally. So I have never played through the entire game to begin with. But this seems like the ultimate mashup uh, for this style of game, which is very cool because the music in Zelda is very iconic and would really match the style of this game well. So I'm super excited for it. It's going to be on my must buy list. Uh, and I'll probably not even buy the original one because I'll just buy this one. I don't need two of them. It's going to be this one. I feel like it's going to maybe, I don't know if it's a whole new game or if it's just going to be an expansion and remix with some new worlds uh, from the original. I'm not positive. I was getting the impression it's an entire new, like a sequel, but it, I have no idea. Maybe Maybe we can just jump into this and not have to have played. Because honestly, this is the one I'm interested in. That was basically it. Then it wrapped that, you know, this was the big, the big uh, highlight from the Nindies. The fact, so there's a couple things with this one in particular, though, before we jump on. This is huge in the sense that it's an indie developer that now is using Nintendo IP in their game. Like they were given permission, not just an IP, not some random, you know, kind of throwaway IP that Nintendo had, Link and Zelda in their game. Yeah, I mean, we've seen a little bit of Nintendo allow other game studios to use their characters in Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. There was some Legend of Zelda crossover, which was very, very cool. There was a little bit of collaboration, I think, in Xenoblade, uh, which is more of a second party title. But uh, I would like to see more of these uh, indie collaborations. I would love to see, you know, it doesn't have to be big, but maybe in Celeste you get like a little, you know, Thing for your character you can play mm. as an additional you know uh, um uh, a character like this it doesn't have to be a whole game revolving around it but just nice little nods and, and crossovers because these games play very well to that so i would love to see more of it and i like that it's not just characters like a whole new world that you're kind yeah. of exploring too that's what music. has me excited yeah, yeah it's kind of like reshaping what we thought it, it kind of reminds me of mario and rabbits in that yeah. way where you're really blending these two worlds together so Going through this whole list, going through everything we saw from this show, what was your standout? Was that the standout for you? It was between top three, Cuphead, Rad, and that game. Okay, nice. I think we got a lot. I mean, for me, Cuphead was a big one. I think Red Lantern is my pick. Uh, if it is anything like the experience I had with Firewatch, I don't know enough about it yet, but from what I saw, I think that's my pick. And then this one has me extremely excited as well. So overall, thumbs up on that that direct. I would say that for me on this thumb on the direct, I'm wishy washy on it. There was no game 
to be honest, where I walked away and I was like, I want to have that immediately. Mm -hmm. I'm stopping everything. And there was no big, wow, it came out today. I'm going to go buy that today. So I liked everything, but I wasn't blown away necessarily. Okay. All right. But what I was blown away with was what happened after the Nindy Direct, which Nintendo, out of nowhere, just like the original announcement, releases a big, long video. Is it like five minutes, six videos on Nintendo Labo VR, unleashing every little bitty detail about it. And I, Michael, this took the show better than the Nindy Direct. It blew my mind because... The Nintendo Labo that came out originally, my biggest gripe were the mini games. It didn't feel like real full-fledged games. This, oh boy, this got me. I'm like, I'm all in. I'm glad I pre-ordered it. So the game, it gives you, a the, the trailer gives you a glimpse into each of the games and they open up with the Toy-Con Blaster and show you exactly how this thing's going to work. And you're going to be slapping, slapping that uh, switch right onto your eyeballs. And they have little sort of like spectacles that you put in between to to simulate the VR experience. So I don't know how it's going to work yet, but this thing had like a a space alien blaster game that was really cool. And you have the blaster gun with you. Uh, And they also have a hungry, hungry hippo game. That's a multiplayer. So you can hand off back and forth the Nintendo Labo. Now, now that being said, I wasn't very excited for anything else too much. The other games till the end, but let's get to it. Okay. There's a wind pedal. There's like this weird frog jumping game. That was kind of boring. The bird kind of you're flying. You're trying to get your flock together. Okay, that was whatever. The elephant, though, this one up your alley. It was the weirdest piece of cardboard contraption I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't know why it needs to be this way, but you can use it in a 3D sort of drawing game in space in the air in front of you. And I thought maybe that was right up your alley where you could pick. It was kind of like Photoshop, almost almost like one of those drawing pens, those 3D pens that you could make. No? Mm-hmm. Yes? No, yeah. I mean, to me, it was it's Mario Paint. That's what it reminds yeah. me of. It's like Mario Paint brought back. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, the the Toy-Con camera, uh, you could take pictures of stuff. I wanted them to do Pokemon Snap. Like, hello, hello, Pokemon Snap. Uh, whatever. Now, what really got me, though, Michael, was not necessarily each of these little contraptions, was that they have expanded this into a full VR plaza where there are 64 more games for each of, not all of them, but for the different VR uh, cardboard pieces. So out of the 64, if you had the entire set, which you can buy, you'd be able to play all of them. But it seemed like a lot of them were going to be in the starter kit with the Toy-Con Blaster, which makes the most sense. But... This is what really got me. On top of that, <laughs> Toy Con Garage VR, where you can create your own VR games. Uh, I'm pretty sure you'll be able to share them. We're unconfirmed, not positive, but they showed some of the crazy contraptions where they took Toy Con Garage, added VR on top of it. Mind blown, amazing. It's not just wonky VR. It could be. I'm not sure yet, but I think they did a great job. I'm for forty dollars for forty dollars for the starter kit. Not bad. Come on. No, Michael hates it. I'm looking at him. He hates it. Oh, my goodness. I mean, <laughs> look, I nobody makes better cardboard than Nintendo. That, that's cardboard. a given. Nintendo has the the cardboard game on lockdown. They, they are the greatest at it. The joy, like going through it, I was watching. I watched it a couple of times. I think that there's I think that there's so much potential 
for what Nintendo does. I think there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of creativity in there. there there's, there's just something that's missing from this for me, and it just doesn't get me engaged. And I think that's, I think they had a lot of options where they could have pulled in their, their IPs and made it work with some of what they're doing here. Right. Like, I don't know what in my mind yet, but say instead of the, 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 the bird you had the, um, maybe like Star Fox and you could have been flying around in Star Fox. Like Mm. if you could have pulled in the thing, the games people want, like you said, you have a camera, you have a game called Pokemon Snap. Why am I taking pictures under the ocean and of some weird creature in his house sleeping? Why am I taking sleeping photos of this thing? You have a game revolving around a camera that people love and you don't give them that. I mean, those are the weird choices that I'm just like, man, Nintendo, you are doing some weird things on a on a more practical note. I just don't want cardboard in my house i just one blaster one blaster i just i just don't want it i don't if if i had the impression that they were going to really support this and we were going to see it started out with this alien blaster game and hungry hungry hippo type game but there was there was things on the horizon then i would be all i would start feeling like okay it's it's an investment but it's it's cardboard it's not going to hold up it's not something that i feel like if you buy a playstation vr You've got it feels like a piece of equipment. It feels like a thing that you want to keep. I don't want to keep a bunch of cardboard. I just don't want to. And so that's my problem with it. The 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 my favorite thing and the thing I I think has the most potential and is the most exciting is the garage VR. That has so much potential for like not just children, but adults to create stuff. To just go crazy. And if that's your introduction into programming of any way, of science of any way, of of understanding of virtual reality, that is exciting. That is something I think Nintendo doesn't get enough credit for sometimes. Like, you know, we talk about STEM and we talk about all this type of stuff. I feel like that is a perfect example of that. That is something that has so much potential that we don't even understand right now. Um, and then if, if on top of that, which we don't know, but if you can share those creations and so we can start playing other people's games, maybe none of that even matters with the other stuff, right? Maybe, maybe these uh, Nintendo supporting any of this other stuff doesn't even matter if what we create is something, if I make something or you make something in garage VR and I can share that with you and share it with anybody else, maybe it doesn't even matter if Nintendo supports it because the people are going to be making amazing things. So I I'm, I'm super excited about that. And I, I still love that Nintendo's pushing into this area. I just don't think it's something for me. That's all. I wouldn't say I hate it because I think there's, there's tons of potential there. I really do. It's just not for me. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I do not want more cardboard, but I also don't want like a VR contraption. So I guess if I have to do that one or the other to experience mm-hmm. VR, I mean, $40, I got my 20% off on gamer club unlocked and I had a ten dollar gift card. So it literally ends up being, um, uh, you know, it's going to be, you know, 15, 20 bucks. So I'm kind of mm-hmm. like, whatever, you know, just in general, yeah. see how it goes. I think it, I think there's potential there and maybe it'll lend into the next story. 
We like our Nintendo numbers. We like our stats. We like all this information. And coming out of the holiday season, coming out of December, things like that, Nintendo or all games, I guess, tend to see a bit of a slump because the holiday seasons are over. You know, people are kind of recouping and trying to save some money. Well, not Nintendo, my friend. They got hit with the best February since 2011. They're making huge, huge money. They've reached their highest year-to-date dollar sales since 2011. They're doing fantastic. They actually had their best-selling hardware platform in February, which means they've had the best-selling hardware year-to-date, beating PlayStation, beating Microsoft. Their gamepad sales have rose 80% in the month of February and are approximately 90% year to date. So they're they're not they're not they're not hurting. They're doing pretty pretty good. Doing okay. Not bad at all. I love to see. I love to hear more of that. So bring it, I say. Yeah. Bring absolutely. It. I think that's fantastic. You know who else is bringing it? The Behemoth. <laughs> so out of the blue, uh, this is kind of more of around GDC announcement. They weren't part of the Nindies Direct, which would have been, this would have been one that I'm like, I'm all in because I love Castle Crashers and they are remastering it for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, now, what's really great about this is uh, this version is going to have a brand new multiplayer uh, mini game uh, that's called Back Off Barbarian, which is a frantic kind of over the top crazy uh, multiplayer mini game. They're updating it to 60 frames per second. All the DLC will be available. Um, all sorts of different improvements are coming on. Now, if you've never played Castle Crashers, it's really a phenomenal game. It's been out for a long, long, long time. I think on the original Xbox 360. Uh, but it's a classic side of sort of side-scrolling 2D beat-em-up game. You can play with four up to, to four friends. Uh, very, 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 very fun game. Uh, I, I love uh, Castle Crashers. I mean, I'll, I'll link to the to the show notes uh, of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the behemoth. They've done all sorts of stuff, uh, including Alien Hominid, which is one of my favorite games. But yeah, Castle Crashers also super duper duper good. They're celebrating uh, the 10th year that this came out. It's called the Barbarian Update uh, that they're going to have. Um, so very, very cool. I mean, uh, I'm into it. I don't know about you. Have you ever played Castle yeah, Crashers? No, I- but it's classic. I played it on uh xbox mm. and i i really i'm i would probably pick this up again because we do get some more stuff with the remastered version so i'm excited for it i think it's a great game especially up to four players why not it's you know if they price it right i guess that's the thing it's, yeah. it's obviously not a new release so you kind of have to price this well for it to do pretty good i think now we also found out during the gdc some of nintendo shared what their best selling indie games are on the switch and it's kind of nice to see so some of the games we have are stardew valley hollow knight overcooked 2 undertale dead cells uh enter the gungeon graceful explosion machine celeste golf story and overcooked Maybe a couple surprises there. Like Golf Story, I thought was kind of a surprise. I mean, I know it's a great game, but I don't know. Kind of surprised me that it was on there. They didn't tell us how much of these were sold or where they rank in relation to each other. So that list is just an arbitrary list. Those are the top games. They didn't want to give us like a one to 10 or whatever. But we can look back and compare it to the list that we saw last year and see how things 
have changed a little bit. So Hollow Knight is now on the list. Dead Cells, Graceful Explosion Machine, and Overcooked 2, as well as Undertale, all made the cut this time. Whereas games that fell off were uh, Kamiko, Fast RMX, NBA Playground, SteamWorld Dig 2, Shovel Knight, and uh, Treasure Trove are now off the list. So things are moving, things are changing, but we just don't know where, you know, where they stand in there. And one other tidbit that we did get from this survey that they did for GDC uh, 2018, they found out during the survey, over half of the developers that put their games on multiple consoles. So you're talking Xbox, PlayStation, PC, uh, Switch, that most of them are seeing it perform better on the Switch than anywhere else. So that's that's also pretty great to see, yeah. right? I mean that that just means more stuff for us on Switch. Yeah, I love it. I mean, good power to them. I would like to see even more of a switch up, to be honest with you, because ideally, if it's a mm. whole year, I would love to see maybe one or two games stay on the charts, but other ones move up. Kind of see that go. But it was a nice switch up. I like that they compared and contrasted the the two years previously. So good stuff. Uh, now I will talk about new accessories or products, not nothing new, but I, I want to talk about my experience attempting to find a headset, even though now my headsets don't work at all for Fortnite. I can't figure that out. Uh, but, uh, I did pick up the turtle beach battle buds. I wanted to find a cheap official headset because I couldn't get any headsets working on my Nintendo switch, uh, where they were working before. And maybe it was a Fortnite issue. Maybe it wasn't a Fortnite issue. I'm not really fine. I'm not sure per se, but I did pick these up. They're $30 at, uh, I got them at target also on Amazon. They are in ear sort of, you know, has a mic that comes off of the in ear. So it's not dangling. It's actually a proper headset. You can actually remove the headset if you want, which I thought was a nice bonus. So you could use them as buds if you want to. What I like about them the best, and I'll put a link to them in the show notes, is that not only can you detach the microphone, which you could just, like I said, use them normally as headphones or yeah, headphones, but you also have a volume slider and a mute button directly on uh, the side of it, so on the cord. So I thought that was really nice. Uh, there's tons of Turtle Beach things. Some of them say Switch certified. Some of them don't. If you go to the Turtle Beach website, they do have a guide of all the official ones they support. But if you're like me, just nothing works on my Nintendo Switch at all anymore. So <laughs> cool, cool waste of $30. But they are very nice, and I would I would give them a thumbs up so far. Like you were, I could hear you, I could hear the game. Audio quality was really good. And for $30, if you're looking for an officially certified Nintendo Switch uh, headset, I say go for it. Now, what do you think makes it switch certified like why for audio i mean why do you think that's just a marketing thing or is there something that's different why would that be i'm not sure the 3.5 millimeter jack is the same i think it's marketing but i will say they also have these these battle buds and they have them like for playstation for xbox like colors their color differences yeah and they're all the same price so at least there's that so mm -hmm. i don't know yeah, that's that could be just styling too. So they're saying like, oh, it's switch, so it's just colored for that one. Or whatever. yeah, I got the gotcha. I got the ice blue ones. They're very nice. They're kind of like a kind of bl bl light blue and uh, white. Thought they looked nice. I was surprised they 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 come with a bunch of little 
different ear adapters and different plugs and audio quality seemed good for $30, but and like any bud. Hopefully we can, hopefully we can get it so that it actually works though when we're trying to play. One day, one day. All right, well, let's get yeah. into it. Talking about Fortnite. Let's get into everyone's favorite moment of the podcast. Michael's Fortnite supply drop update. <laughs> well, this one's kind of like a little bit of the Fortnite supply update and the accessory product update. In the past, we talked about Hasbro coming out with Nerf guns that are actually guns pulled right from Fortnite, and they're about to release the tactical shotgun. So we're going to see this in June, June 1st, and it looks it looks pretty cool, actually. It looks like the shotgun from Fortnite. So if you want your nerf gun for your office warfare maybe this is the next thing in your lineup this in your artillery i guess yeah it looks uh looks looks pretty good i'm gonna look it's actually on amazon right now it does say 40 dollars pre-order it looks sweet i'm into it it does look really good yeah it looks really 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 good so if you're if you are collecting these i guess fortnite nerf guns this is the next one that's coming out do it get it pre-order it now So now we're going to get into the best sellers. Every single week, we just run down the top 10 that is on the eShop and for physical, and we list them all out. And the first one up, maybe a surprise, is Timberman Versus. It could have been us. We could have pushed the sales on this thing. Followed by Baba Is You, then Super Mario Brothers Ultimate, Cuphead, the pre-purchase is already in fourth spot, followed by Minecraft, Stardew Valley, Mario Kart 8, Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe, Mario Odyssey, and then rounding out the top 10 is Zelda Breath of the Wild. So we're still seeing a lot of the Mario games up there. I don't know if this is still, you know, coming off of what was uh, Mario Day or not. I don't know if that's out of the system yet, but we're still seeing a lot of them in the top 10. And then we actually have quite a few that made it to the top 30. We also like to call out any of the new games that made it into the top 30, but haven't quite hit that top 10. And in the number 15th spot is Blaster Master 02, followed by Final Fantasy 7, the pre-purchase, that's in 21 spot, then Turok, then Chocobo Mystery Dungeon, and Not Not a Brain Buster in the 27th spot. A little bit of a, a weird name there, but so... Anything uh, anything that you're going to pick up off of this list? I, Baba is You is still looking pretty good. I don't know. Yeah, I'm surprised that it jumped up to number two. That's really awesome. Me yeah, too. I mean, Timberman Verse totally picked it up. We'll talk about it later. Uh, and yeah, cool. Yeah, I was surprised. There was a Nindy sale, so I think some of the games shot up. And um, I'm okay on games. We'll talk about it later because I picked up one. Of the, I already... I already picked up one of these. Yeah. So let's get into the games. So let's uh, kick it off March 25th to March 31st to round out March. It's the end. It's over. It'll be April the next time we talk. Uh, the first one coming out on March 26th is Nelki and the Legendary Alchemist. Altiers of the New World. Atliers of the New World for $60. <laughs> uh, oh, geez. Um, and then also next, the Princess Guide for $40. Oh. These both games are from... Uh, Koei, well, the first one's from Koei Kemco, uh, and the other one's from Nice America. This game, The Princess Guide, uh, is a very uh, cool. There's four different princesses with different powers that you choose from, uh, and they're trying to end hunger in their world. Uh, it's very, very cool-looking uh, game. Uh, it's a single player, but you can kind of pick and choose your own adventure. The, the game 
looks really neat. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I was watching the trailer for it on their website because on the official Nintendo website, you can't really see much, but it's sort of a skew morphism, sort of top down skewed view, like action type of game. Looks very cool. Uh, Xeno Racer for $50 is coming out on the same day. It's a high speed racer set in 2030 where you can play around such lavish places like Tokyo and Dubai. Uh, eight player online. Very cool. Uh, surprisingly, I thought it looked kind of cool. March 28th, <laughs> fun, fun Animal Park, a Nintendo Switch <laughs> exclusive 30 mini games for your kiddos to play uh, with games. That's from Axis Games, two player multiplayer, so you can play with all those animals in the park. And then finally, March 29th, we talked about it before, game I'm definitely picking up, Yoshi's Crafted World for $60 on March 29th. This is a game that everyone should must uh, pretty much buy, insta-buy in general. Yeah, that's going to be a big one. We'll be seeing that in the top 10 uh, very, very soon. And then for digital downloads, we have quite a few of them, so buckle up. March 25th, we have Inventioneers for $10 and PresidentF.net for five dollars followed by oh, actually on the 26th we have air conflicts pacific carriers for twenty dollars and air conflicts secret wars also twenty dollars final fantasy 7 for sixteen dollars galactic x galaxy galaxy the void deluxe edition for 15 then gems of war for free OMG zombies or oh my god zombies depending on how um, you want to say um, it. Um, zombies for five dollars on the twenty seventh we have neon caves for four dollars windscape for twenty on the twenty eighth we have gods remastered for twenty dollars Gokin for ten dollars inferno climber reborn for fourteen then we have Istanbul digital edition for twenty uh, lyrica lyrica for twenty dollars. Sega Ages, Alex Kidd and Miracle World, and Sega Ages Game Ground, $8 each. She Remembered Caterpillars for $12. <laughs> Snow Battle Princess Sayuki for $15, but it's on sale for $7.50 right now. The World Next Door, $15. Ultra Wings, $20. Undead's Building, $6. It's on sale for $4.79. Uni for $8. And War Party for $25. Lots of games. Any of them kind of standing out to you? The, there's a bunch of online games enabled, so I like to point those out. So PresidentF.net is a Japanese card game. I don't Maybe the game is called President, but there is four-player online, which is kind of cool. The Air Conflicts, those are two different games set in World War One, World War II, eight-player online, which I thought was cool, but I don't understand why there's two games. They look very similar. I didn't want to read too much into it. The, the number one game, there's two number one games that I'm excited for. So the first one, let's just get it out of the way, Michael, Gems of War. This game looks brilliant. I'm pretty excited for it, and I was actually really happy to see that it's going to be free. Yeah, it's from the creators of Puzzle Quest, which is one of my favorite puzzle gem questing type games but it's a puzzle rpg uh in general now how are they making money off of this i don't know i don't know i was looking for any sort of in-game purchases or anything like that maybe there's ads or something i really don't know how they're making money off of it yeah it looks really really cool they do have daily bonuses and challenges there's over 300 different um different things to collect like troops and unlock spells or you can level up your troops as you go so you're building up your troop uh, these it's a classic kind of match three type of game, but you're battling 
people. So it's kind of like war groove, but gems like bejeweled mm-hmm. slash war groove style. Uh, <laughs> Falls of Quest was a phenomenal game. I owned it on the the DS back in the game and it come out on, on uh, mobile as well. So very cool game. I'm, I'm into it and it's free. So buy that immediately for free. Yeah, I'm definitely picking that up on the 26. I'm excited for it. I've only read and and thought good things of Puzzle Quest, so I'm I'm really happy to see this coming out on the Switch. Yeah, the other ones for me, I mean, Final Fantasy VII, I think that's great that it's coming out. It'll be up in the top 30 forever. And $16, I'm not going to buy it. It does have a 3X speed mode, battle enhancement mode, and ability to turn off or random encounters, uh, which I thought was cool, or turn battle encounters off. So you can play through it and you know, 8,000 hours instead of 10,000 hours. Mm. Galaxy, this is an actual game. Remember, Galaxy had that free-to-play game that came out, and I really wasn't into it. I really enjoyed Galaxy, the original. So it's a comic-style, top-down space shooter, and it's very similar to the game that I made a long, long time ago on the Xbox 360 <laughs> called Red Nebula, but their game is better uh, in general. But it's nice that it's $15 and it's a real game. So that was the other one that sort of tickled my fancy. Uh, and then the last one I'll really talk about that we both have checked here. I know you have a few checked on your eyes on your end, which is the Istanbul digital edition. Have you ever played Istanbul, the card game? No, Oh, we own it. It's no, very good. I've never actually played it. So I'm super excited for this actually. Yeah, it's very, very good. Basically what I was reading of this game, because I, I know that I've, I've seen a little bit about the board game aspect of it, and I am excited to try it out. And what I was reading about this game is that essentially you're you're playing as, um, I don't know, whatever your character is, and then you have assistants that work with you. And you have to move your way through the bazaar, right? And then have to do stuff. But in order to do that, you have to leave one of your assistants there. So you have to start thinking about the bigger picture. And if you get to a certain point, you may not have an assistant to do an action that you want to do because you left them somewhere else to do something you wanted them to do. So essentially, you'd have to go back to wherever you left them, pick them back up, and then bring them to that other spot to do the next action. So you're constantly trying to think about, okay, I know I want to get over there to maybe do whatever. And your ultimate goal, I believe, is to get as many uh, like rubies or whatever the the currency is you're trying to get as many of those as you can so essentially if i'm trying to get over there to do that action i need to do this but make sure i'm keeping an assistant with me so i can still do that action later on Mm. so you're it seems like you're constantly trying to plan and have a strategy for moving across the board so that you can get everything that you want to do uh and and in this digital version you actually are it's the 100 original game original rules nothing has been you know changed or, or ruined for this adaptation of it you get to play with up to five players online or locally and you can even incorporate ai with you as well so maybe if it's just you and i playing but we still want to play you know a full game we can have three ai characters going around with us you have different levels of um difficulty in this and one of the main things and this is something you and i talked about with wargroove is that you have synchronous and asynchronous moves on there so if you and i are playing online but you're maybe at work or we're about to go to bed i make my move you can finish it in the morning we don't have to finish the game or get to like a save spot or anything like that and i think with a game like this any of these board games any of these strategy games that is just key yeah 
so there's a, there's a, just a ton. They get, they have a whole list of all the features you get with this, you know, colorblind mode, different languages, over 70 achievements, but all in all for $20, it seems like not not digital edition, definitive edition. It's the <laughs> one we should be playing. Yeah. Right? Because it just seems it seems fantastic. It looks very very good. There's another game too that I was thinking about when this came out, which is uh, Jaipur, which is a two-player game. This is a five-player game. So I'm very interested in this. If we had a big five players coming together, the asynchronous would be really, really cool. So those are kind of my top picks. I know you had a few more on here too. We mentioned a lot of them. We already mentioned Yoshi's Crafted World. Everybody knows that game. That's a must for both of us. Gems of War, a must for me. Um, another one that I thought looked kind of interesting, something I want to check out is, I believe it's Gokin for $10. It's an action role-playing adventure game, seamless open-world game mechanics, real-time strategy. We've been seeing a lot of these strategy games happening. And you know, I'm I'm all for it. I I really enjoy these types of games. So when I saw this one pop up, I had to look into it a little bit, but it it looked kind of interesting. It keeps saying that it's throwing back to the good old days of RPG games. So whatever that means, if you're feeling, if you're somebody, I guess that's currently playing RPGs and think that they're just, you wish they were like they used to be when you were growing up, then you may want to check out this game. It looks beautiful and it seems very interesting. And then the last one that I was looking into is War Party. Now, this is an RTS game, so similar to any of the Civilization games. $25, though, and it's $18 on Steam right now. It does have very positive reviews on Steam, but one of the complaints as I was going through it was that it was very hard to find multiplayer matches Mm -hmm. on there. So my hope is that if we're all just playing on Switch, Maybe that's not a huge issue, but if not enough people get by it anyway, you may still get some of that problem. And now you're paying more to have the same issue where you can't play with people. So I don't know. It's interesting if you like civilization, but don't want to pay the I think it's $50 for that. Maybe War Party is for you. Personally, I still may go Civ over this. I don't know. It's um, I checked it because I need to kind of keep an eye on this one. Yeah, the the problem with War Party, why I didn't put it on my list, is that I think on the Switch they're not doing multiplayer at all. It's just one player, and that's it. So, oh no! All right, well, take that's off my Boom. list then. Off. So, if, with a game like that, you have to have multiplayer, yeah. right? I mean, it's silly to not have that as an option. So, with that, it gets us to everybody's favorite part of the show. What you playing? Oh my goodness, I'm playing Turok. Turok, Turok, Turok. <laughs> so I've been streaming a little bit to uh, this weekend my Turok play. Now, I, we mentioned last week that I never played Turok. I said I was going to pick it up, so I did. And it's a game. It's a game where you shoot things and dinosaurs and monsters and all sorts of things. No, I I, I, I jest, but the <laughs> this is a game. It really reminds you of the N64 area era sort of SNES era where you just are dropped into a game and you're like, here's the game. Go for it. Mm. I mean, for Turok, when the game starts, it's like you're in world one and you have a knife. Go. That's it. It's like, go. And you don't really know what you're doing. And the, the game has like a weird font. It's like really crazy. But I will say there's a few nice things they added to it. So you play as Turok, this dinosaur hunter, and you're trying to, I don't know, it's really odd. You're you're in this portal where you're portaling between different worlds and there's these mystery portals that transport you into these weird sort of areas that you can um, do different challenges in. 
And the interesting part about the game is that uh, they really upgraded it for the Nintendo Switch. I mean, in general, the game is running at a at a buttery smooth 60 frames per second, just in general. Um, it's super smooth. You, you couldn't tell on the stream because I stream at 30 frames per second and I go, wow, like the game is just buttery smooth. It feels really fluid. The controls are tight. Now, one thing they did add was motion controls. So I had my pro oh, controller man. and you can turn them off, but you can aim your gun via motion controls. And I thought that was, you know, that's a nice little touch. You know, it's in there, whatever. <laughs> uh, and, and I thought that was nice, you know, nice little touch that they spiced it up. And the game is, uh, yeah, it's fine. The, it seems fun. I'm beating two of the eight worlds. You have to go around and collect keys and you can, you know, the, 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 the map is an overlay. That's all vector based drawings. I mean, they didn't upgrade the graphics or anything like that, but they did upgrade the game to be 60 frames per second, butter smooth loads really quick. You're in and out the game. Uh, it's a game. It's a, it's a fun, it's not worth $20, but it's worth $10 no. and to, to reminisce on the old days of Turok. So I don't think I'll buy any of the sequels to the, this one, but I will probably finish it to say that I've beaten Turok Dinosaur Hunter. Well, it'd be kind of interesting because if they do release anything else for it, it, it may be even better, right? That's true. Like, yeah, it may be even better. So I, I did watch some of the stream and I was I was kind of laughing because and, and, and the ten dollar price point does seem right to me. Yeah. I think 20 is still too high, but ten dollars. I mean, I you think you could jump into that for ten dollars, but you're right. It does. It still has some of those like old game mechanics where you just what what am I doing in this? Why, where am I supposed to be? Why is it not telling me anything? So yeah, it's yeah. kind of funny. I mean, I'm sure if nothing else, it'll give you laughs while you're playing it. So that could be make it that could be fun to stream just for that yeah. alone. Yeah. Now a game for sure worth 19 cents is Timberman Verse. <laughs> Chopping. I played it last night for just a few minutes, and I was like, yeah, this game's worth 19 cents. Fun. Uh, <laughs> I like all the different characters that you unlock. Very very funny. And uh, the one game I will say that I'm very upset with right now, oh. I can't figure out what is happening and we need to figure out after the stream if it's happening to you. Maybe my just switch is busted, but um, Zen Pinball, Pinball FX3. Oh, the no. Williams Collection 3 is out and it says it in the game. The icons are there. I go to buy it. It's not in the store. It's not in the eShop. Yeah. Really? Just missing. The other ones are there, which I've already purchased and it brings you in. And it should be there and it's not. And I went online hmm. and some people have purchased it and other people can't buy it. I'm confused. I have no idea. Wow. Oh, man. Come on, Zen Pinball. Get it. You're like the spokesman for that game. If you can't get it, who can really? I mean, yeah. so you've had some not great games, I guess, this this week. It's um, been a bad week. Bad week. Yeah, better bad, bad week. week. So for me, it's the typical players, you know, Fortnite, Stardew, little Timberman here and there when I can. And again, that one's a fun one just because you pick it up and just try to go super fast through it. The one I did try, and I was going to mention this last week. I think it was last week when when we were going through the new releases, was Grand Prix Story. Now, the reason I was going to say this is because it was very similar to a game that came out the week before that, where it's a racing manager. Grand Prix story is if you took that game and did like an 8-bit or 16-bit version of it. So kind of like the cute version. 
they have a demo right now and you can download this demo and you could try Grand Prix Story. And I was thinking, you know what? This could be a really fun little QK. One of these two manager games could be really fun to play. Which one could it be? So I tried out this Grand Prix Story and I have got to say, it is absolutely terrible. <laughs> oh this, no. This was the worst demo I've ever tried the developers should be ashamed of themselves, to be honest with you, because not only is the game, it's broken, but they ported it from what I can only imagine is, is a mobile game. It had to have been. It's only touchscreen. That's the only way you can play it. And it does have a back button that's assigned to the right top button on the Joy-Con. It doesn't work. Nothing works. And I got into a loop where I was trying to train my guy right in the beginning. It's doing like the tutorial. Here's how you train your person. It wouldn't let me out. So all I'm doing is using all my money to train this guy how to run. And I had to keep hitting it over and over again. And then it would back out and say, okay, you got to train your guy. So you go back in, you train him, you run again. Okay, you have to train your guy. And it wasn't letting you pick anything else. It wasn't letting you do anything else. So I just got into a two minute loop of training my guy, <laughs> making him run for, for some reason. It doesn't even say why you can run. Um, it, it was just terrible. So I was I was thinking, okay, maybe this is me. Maybe something's wrong, you know, because I'm hitting a start. I'm trying to hit the top. I'm trying to hit any button to get it to do something. Then I realized it's only touchscreen. So I went to the help, you know, section to just see like, all right, maybe the controls are just weird. The, the help is... It's a bunch of little screens with an arrow left or right. There's 35 of them. So you just keep hitting the right and reading 35 screens of text telling you how to play this stupid game. It's a dumpster fire. Avoid this unless you just want to be frustrated. Okay, so these games are from Cairo Soft and these these are all mobile games. They've they've released a lot of them for the Nintendo Switch. So these have come out, these came out in like 2011, 2012. They're very early on. The first one that I ever played was Game Dev Story, which was super duper fun on my mobile device back in the day. They're free games or they're like $5 games or something you could buy. They also did Mega Mall Story, like Dungeonville and this one. So they have a bunch of these. There's all sorts they release and they're all exactly the same, to be honest with you, over yeah. and over and all. Oh, yeah. So... Uh, that's a kind of a shame, but I also expected that. And for the fact that it is $12 for any of these games compared to, I know that's on mobile, crazy. they were like $5 originally. So, and the thing is, it is a cute concept. The art style looks, you know, like that, that is an art style that people can gravitate towards an idea of a complex manager. That's sort of just framed in this sort of cutesy 16 bit style. Okay. I could get into that. It doesn't work. That's the thing. It's not even like it's a bad, it's broken. And how dare they should be ashamed of themselves because that's like you said, $12. They're hoping somebody buys it by mistake. And it's just like, oops, sorry, you're not getting your money back for that. You know, you you're ripping people off. You churn this garbage out and you put it on the eShop. Nintendo should be stopping that. And the developers should be ashamed of themselves for producing that kind of garbage yeah it's a it's a shame and i think that nintendo needs to do a better job triaging so if anything that is a a testament and i'm sorry that uh sorry that you had to go through that michael well luckily it's just a demo so that's true again where's our rating system you know what i mean we need that rating system that's true 
All right. Well, if you live through the agony of playing a game that just didn't work for you at all this week, let us let us know. Write us in. Go to NintendoDispatch.com or join along as we stream every single Sunday at twitch.tv slash Nintendo Dispatch. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Nintendo Dispatch. This has been a long one. Michael, thank you for hanging in there with me. Not a problem, buddy. Every time. I appreciate appreciate you being here. Thanks to all of our listeners on the super duper long special edition of Nintendo Dispatch. And by special edition, I mean just a normal episode that comes out each and every Wednesday to your eardrums. That's going to do it for this week. I'm James Montemagno. That's Michael Rivette. Follow us on Twitter at James Montemagno, at MS Rivette. It's at Dispatch Podcast on Twitter. That's going to do it for this week. And this has been your Nintendo Dispatch.